Greetings, fellow adventurers, and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. Whether you're a goblin, barbarian, wizard, or warlock, gather your gear and potions because it's time for Corey, Evan, and Eric to help you level up in fantasy football. So uh, if you're if you're hearing this, uh, I did a, a oopsie and forgot to hit the whole record button. But we're going to get into things now, and I'll just quickly review. Uh, we have Eric back. Uh, glad to have you back, Eric. I know you were uh, bashing Gators in the face, uh, so you were out last week. Uh, did that go well? Did you get any like prime like catches? You, you get a good Gator. I did not get any Gators this time, but I did catch excellent local music with uh, my boy Matt Zitwer and my other boy Carl August. So. If you ever around the Tampa area, go check them out. All right, that's that's cool. Uh, I'll actually. What what kind of music do they play? So Carl does a lot of country covers, a lot of Johnny Cash, a little bit of rock and roll. Oh, Matt good. like outlaw country. I like that. Very good. Um, and then Matt does a lot of like Dave Matthews, a lot of popular covers. Um, he's got a. So Carl's got a real good country voice, and Matt's got like a very like sweet kind of soothing voice, and they mix very well together when they do fun stuff i love listening to their stuff very talented guys nice well uh i'll check them out never uh never heard of them before but and, and you know it's not really my genre but i do like uh johnny cash and and stuff like that i, I even kick it to a couple of dave matthews songs so i'll give them a look uh and uh just to recap we did go over beers uh when i realized that i hadn't hit the record button uh but not much to talk about there because uh my two guys here evan and eric are taking it easy with some healthy water choices i don't know what's up with that but i'm going with a a beautiful addition from aslan brewing the batch 15 uh nice hoppy little ipa as i like to do brewed up in bellingham one of my favorite spots in washington so uh yeah yeah chilling on that might have one might have two might have three we'll see see how the pod goes what wasn't that the name of the the lion or whatever in uh if you missed it they do have a little cool lion logo on their can which is pretty neat uh but yeah yeah and i i do really like that dave that's a that's very choice um it feels very washington for whatever reason like we we have a bunch of nerdy goofy names up here um so yeah that's what i'm i'm getting down on uh also getting down on some thursday night football uh watching along with the the boys uh saw miles sanders scored td seven seven is not a score i predicted uh was going to be the thing with the Texans and the Eagles. Uh, but, you know, it's still very, very early. So we'll see how that unfolds. And, you know, talking a little football, uh, let's 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 get into things, guys. We we had a crazy week. It was trade deadline week. So bunch of things to talk about. Lots of trades happening. Um, so I really want to get into just like how we're feeling with, you know, the where the guys went and where they left and, and just see how we're feeling. Um, I think the biggest one has to be Chase Claypool, right? Uh, That or TJ Hawkinson. Fantasy purposes, I would say it's probably Chase Claypool. I would would rank Claypool and Hawkinson as kind of like the two biggest ones for me. Um, Eric, Chase Claypool, I mean, you're the Bears fan. What are you thinking, man? Did did you, 
I thought it was personally a little weird how like the bears were, were like sending away defense for picks, but like adding offense, but chase is still young. Like how, how are you feeling as a bears fan? I actually really, really like the move. Um, I hated losing Roquan, but every, like, I actually liked the Quinn trade because Quinn was not coming back after this year. He's older. Mm-hmm. We're not winning a Super Bowl this year. That was good to get whatever you could out of him. Like, good trade. Roquan hurt, and I still wish we could have found a way with the abnormally large amount of cap space we have to re-sign him because I don't think that's a linebacker you just want to let go. But also all the reports I'm starting to read is Roquan, Roquan was like, hey, I'm not coming back. Like, I'm not, you, you have to franchise me. I feel um, like that broke, um, like, earlier, like, maybe in the preseason where he was, like, there's news that he might sit out and, like, all that weirdness. I, I think he, and there was a quote that he did not feel respected by the new regime. Right. He, like, came out with, like, a letter, right? Yeah. Like, this, like, whole letter, like, they posted on Twitter or something, which is kind of right. weird, but. And I feel like, you know what? The more I read about it, the more I'm like, I don't think we would have gotten him back and he would have walked for free. So good. We got a second and a fifth out of him, though. I mean, Jamal Adams, I was arguably less impactful than Roquan and got two first. I still don't understand that. It still makes no sense. That was a terrible, terrible trade. That was an awful, awful trade. trade. Um, But you know what? A second and a fifth is okay. But that allowed us to expend our second to go get Claypool which to me is not a this year move. This is a build chemistry now with Mooney, Claypool, and Fields. And next year is going to be the Bears going, all right, let's see if Justin Fields is the guy. We're going to put our eggs in that basket. We're going to spend a bunch of money for agency. If Fields is that guy, we will have a good year. If he is not, we're going to bottom out, and it's time to rethink the quarterback thing. So I kind of like that. It does feel like the first move, in my opinion, the Bears have made thus far that that does show that they are willing to build around fields. I agree. And I like that because if you kept the offensive talent as bad as it is, you're never going to get a true evaluation on fields because he's looked good these last two weeks. I really like what he's doing. Um, They're finally letting him run loose more. They're doing design. They're doing like 10 design quarterback runs a game which is making them honor him every single play. So you're playing 11 on 11 instead of 10 on 11, which is what we should have been doing for the last two years. But I think they finally figured that out. So let's keep building on that. Now you got a go high point, chuck it up in the air, go, go and get a guy for when he gets in trouble. I like that. So generally are we, are we thinking like stonks up on Chase Claypool? This, this seems like a, like a, so good move for him fantasy wise too, just because he has less like target competition and he could become like the wide receipt. Like he has a chance now at becoming the alpha wide receiver one for the bears. He does. And I, I think he could, I don't, and I do think it stonks up for Claypool, but I don't think it's like large. I think okay. it's just like, yeah, a bit. I, I think, think I'm there too. I think stonks up is Mooney. Mm. We've seen what Mooney can do when he's got a stud on the other side of him. Yeah. So Claypool draws attention and now you can't double Mooney every single play like they have all season. All of a sudden you got Mooney running loose again. I think Mooney, you might see resurge a little bit towards the end of the season into next year. And right now this might, I, I would buy low on Mooney. I think you can buy, I don't think you can buy low on Claypool. I think Clay, Claypool's going higher than what his value should be because of the trade. I think Mooney's the dude who you might be able to buy low on 
and yeah. build it. That makes sense. Um, and and like speaking on the other side, like where Claypool left from, I don't know if uh, Evan has like thoughts because I know, I mean, Steelers, it, it's kind of like close to home a little bit. Um, what do we think? It like, I mean, obviously that's that stocks up for for Deontay that that stocks up for for Pickens, right? Um, what do do we think that that's like going to be? a serious downgrade for the offense as a whole, or, or, or do we think like this is going to grease the wheels a little bit for the Steelers and maybe consolidate the talent a little bit and maybe they look a little more efficient? Yeah, I, I definitely think it should consolidate the targets in that offense out of Frymuth to Deontay and to Pickens, who I think if I remember going into this past week, Pickens had more receiving yards than any other wide receiver on the Steelers. Uh, from Pickett. Uh, so since Pickett's mm-hmm. been starting and throwing the ball. Uh, so it makes perfect sense. I mean, they were both practicing, practicing together on the second team. They've already started growing that rapport. Uh, they had rookie minicamp together. So, you know, the, the report is already starting, starting to be there. Um, but I think it opens the door for Pickens, um, which people were already pretty high on him. Uh, the bagel last week wasn't great, um, but, you know, moving moving forward, he should be the wide receiver, too, on that team. Um, it opens the door wide open for somebody to step up into that wide receiver three role for him. They do like to run a lot of a lot of three wide receivers. You know, I'm not even too sure, like, who who would be the like wide receiver three potentially there? I, I'm not even really aware of their depth, to be honest. Washington when it comes back, or is he not on the Steelers anymore? No, I'm pretty sure Washington's on Dallas. Ray-Ray McLeod is in San Francisco. Um, I know Calvin Austin was talked about. Calvin Austin, yeah, okay. Um, But I think Calvin Austin has been injured, and I think he's out for the rest of the season as well. Um, So, yeah, like I said, it really opens the door for somebody to step up into that wide receiver three role. Interesting. Okay. Well, here just real quickly, um, I'm looking at their depth chart. They have Miles Boykin, uh, and they have Gunnar Olszewski. I, I never know how to say his last name, <laughs> uh, but it's like the blonde special teamer dude. And they have Steven Sims is the other one. And that's about it. I think Steven Sims has been been being used as the punt returner and kick returner there yep. uh, if i remember correctly yeah, you're correct. I think you're right. um, so yeah him him and gunner are kind of the you know options for special teams so whether they end up being that wide receiver three i wonder if they knows? go after like a i wonder if they go after like a will fuller or like something like that like like some sort of other wide receiver threat or do you think they're just kind of set for this year and no and, I, yeah I, I think they're yeah. punting the rest of this year yeah. i think they're gonna see what they got in uh in picket i think they're gonna see what they got in pickens uh i think they realize that their offensive line is hot garbage right now uh and they need to do something about it also on the bears item i really appreciate them going to get claypool because it opens the door instead of pigeonholing them into a red receiver in the first round uh it allows them to go get an offensive tackle um, which could be huge with a high draft pick or trade back or trade back yeah very true Uh, let's not forget the third team involved in this deal the green bay packers (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we could talk a little bit about that. The report came out uh, pretty soon after the news that the Packers were uh, in trade talks for Claypool. And it, at least the, the reports that I've read, there's some conflicting ones out there, but it sounds like the Bears basically swooped in there and just beat the Packers offer what? to uh, take away Claypool from them. And I I do love that. That's, that's some, like, really good, like not petty i guess that's not like the right word but it's like good gamesmanship or like i don't know just like i i do like the the rivalry there and, and that they were able to uh basically steal a guy from the packers and from aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I that's fun yep and uh packers had a second on the table ready to trade and then uh steelers went with the bears because they thought it would be a better pick hey i mean probably true but uh packers haven't looked very good either <laughs> so Oh, my we'll Packers see. Raging. Oh yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say the words, "my Packers friend." He's a, he's actually a really good buddy of mine. But uh, we okay we'll on Sundays. Look at you, look at you. I would never be friends with a 49ers fan. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, cool. Well, that that's good. Claypool talk. Um, I guess the second biggest one, yeah, to me is like T.J. Hawkinson, right? That I it might be uh, inflated to me just because I didn't I didn't see it coming. Um. You know, he's young enough that I thought that they would keep him as like a like a focal point for the offense with whatever quarterback they inevitably end up drafting next year uh, on the Lions. But uh, TJ Hawkinson is now a Viking, which does fill a glaring hole for the Vikings because Irv Smith ain't it um, constantly hurt. And so, yeah, man. So Kirk Cousins suddenly has like some of the best weapons in the NFL. I mean, he already did like Thielen is obviously great and J. Jeff is like, I don't need to even say his name. You you know uh, what J. Jeff is. He has Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Like, but now TJ Hawkinson uh, running tight end routes. That's that's a pretty high powered, uh, like balanced offense now. So um, obviously, I mean, an upgrade, you guys, I, th- I think that's pretty obvious from the Lions for TJ Hawkinson. He has Kirk throwing in the ball. I mean, Kirk is a very good passer. Reliable, yeah. like really consistent. Yeah. Very, very reliable. He'll put the ball in a place to hopefully allow Hawkinson to not get major hits um, and allow him to protect his body a little bit, hopefully keep him a little bit healthier. Um, It's an offense that will put up points, not concerned about them scoring at all. It's an offense that needs a tight end, especially with Irv Smith going on IR now. And got got hell of a tight end. And like I still think Hawkinson's – I mean – he's he's an incredible talent like he's young still so he has room for growth um i think that was a great addition by them um and yeah i don't have a ton of tj hawkinson but um man yeah i think you're happy with the news if you do have tj and on the lion side there's no tight ends worth having on the lions right like they they have they have like brock thompson i think is his name I, I can't recall and then one other one they're both like 23 years old unproven just not even i mean maybe in like a two tight end if you have an empty slot like you can grab one and see what happens but i'm not optimistic personally i'm um i'm trying to pull up my league here in which i have tj just for like a who is a one of the better tight end talents in football and even when he was playing here with the Lions, he had four out of seven games that he got over 10 fantasy points. Yeah. 
so even somebody who's supremely talented like TJ, he wasn't, he had one monster game where he got 43 points. Mm-hmm. And then the other games, he got no higher than like 12. And, and I think like it's, it's the easy reaction to be like, TJ Hawkinson leaves, frees up targets for Amon Ra and company. But I, I also am a, a pretty strong proponent of like, I think this offense just takes a big downgrade, not having TJ Hawkinson. And that's going to mean like the receivers are going to be covered more often and, and they're just not going to move the ball as well, less scoring opportunities. So like, honestly, to me, your Lions players just got a pretty significant downgrade, especially golf, but, but pretty much the whole Lions offense is like a downgrade for me. See, I don't, personally view it as much different than I viewed the Lions offense before is the way I viewed the Lions offense before is every two games, they're going to suck. And then you're going to have a hot golf game and you're randomly going to get a lot of fantasy points out of your Lions players. Like it's like one out of every three games. So, and I don't view that as being any different. Maybe his worst games are worse and his best games aren't quite as good, but you're going to have those two to three games where you they do nothing, and then you're going to have that one golf game where he goes five touchdowns for 400 yards. Right? I do think a, a big I, – I do think, if anything, the biggest thing is that TJ Hawkins is also, like, a pretty good blocker, and and without TJ, like, maybe their run game takes, like, even more of a downgrade. Like, I think that's that's a potential right. impact here. Sure. I mean, with being injured, like, pretty much the whole year so far, it feels like like – I didn't really care much about yeah. the lines anyway until Swift is healthy. Then again, dude, if you look at Jamal Williams, um, he's been really he's solid. He's a vulture. Uh, he's been solid for fantasy, though. Like, if you were lucky yeah. enough to grab him, like, real late and, like, have him as a flex, he, he has been solid for you. Multiple he, touchdown games. He's got to be the argument for best waiver wire pickup. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was ever really like maybe in some seasonals for me, but in, in Dynasty, he was pretty much unilaterally owned, I think. Um, in non-startups, probably. And I don't know. We also have really stupid deep leagues with a lot of players. So we do. Yeah. Typical, typical for RPG leagues. I think in your average six to eight bench, two IR slot, 12 team Dynasty, he's probably not owned in a lot of those, right? Going off of my league specifically, he's he's not on the waiver at all, which, I mean, you know, obviously he wouldn't be now, but I don't think he ever really was. I think he was pretty widely drafted. Um, right. But again, I don't play in any, like, shallower leagues for the most part. Most of my leagues are pretty I deep. don't either, but. Um, okay, well, I think that's uh, – Evan, any thoughts on TJ or the Lions or the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that TJ is getting another team. He's going to a team that he doesn't have much tight end competition, especially with her being out this year, a team that he can grow with, a team that likes to feature the tight end, has featured the tight end in years past. So he should be able to easily eclipse the 80 uh, 80 targets that it requires to even crack tight end, you know, one. So top 12 tight ends uh, in the categories and – you know, I think he has a, a chance for a couple more boom weeks. Yeah, I mean, they they paid for him, right? They they paid a uh, paid a, a pretty penny for him. So um, that that seems pretty clear to me that they intend on using him um, and making him a, a part of the offense in a big way. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, well, let's just kind of go down the list here. I think the rest of these should be a little quicker. 
Um, and we're really only talking offense just because that has the fantasy implications for the most part. And there's there's just so many of them. And I want to get through them <laughs> relatively quick. Uh, so Chase Edmonds is now a Bronco. I don't know if we care. He something weird happened there on the on like the Dolphins where he was the presumed starter, but then Mostert took over. And I think Mostert and uh, McDaniel's having like a, you know a, a prior relationship probably helped in that. But also Mostert looked pretty good, so that that makes a lot of sense. Um, the Broncos have you know Melvin Gordon. They've come out and said Melvin Gordon's going to continue to be the starter. They also have Latavius Murray, and now they have Chase Edmonds, and it, it feels like Edmonds is already in a bad spot, and now he's just going to continue to be in a bad spot. And maybe he's just not even a good player. <laughs> if somebody will give you something for Chase Edmonds, I would take it. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then we have Kadarius Tony as a chief. This was actually an earlier one, but I don't. I just don't know if we really got into it on the pod. Um Again, another one where I'm just like, that's cool. That's probably cool for the Chiefs uh, to have another weapon there. I've seen videos of him taking like kick returns and punt returns and stuff. It seems like that might be uh, some of his responsibilities on the team now. Uh, otherwise, he has a ton of of target competition, obviously. So going from the Giants to the Chiefs, you know, there's pros and cons to each one, but it feels like more or less a wash. Yeah. If you if you have if you're in a barbarians league or like one of those leagues, like and he does become the main return guy, cool. That that might be interesting to flex him in when you need him. But otherwise, yeah. For a first round drafted wide receiver, I'm uh I guess surprisingly underwhelmed or not surprisingly underwhelmed, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the guy you want from the Chiefs, which is weird, is um Nicole Hardman. I feel like we're finally getting the Nicole Hardman season we thought we were going to get ever since he was a rookie. And it's kind of going under the radar, came out of nowhere. We I mean, had what, a three touchdown game before the bye? Yeah, he's had a few okay games. He's still wide receiver 42. Um, so he had that big game against the 49ers. Though, right? He's been, yeah, he, he's been more consistent. Yeah. So his first four games, you know, uh, he had one, he had the game against the cards week one where he put up 10 points, but then like seven and one and one and just like right. nothing going there. And then he started to get like basically like 12 points consistently the next two games. And then he exploded on the 49ers for 28. I do a little bit of caution because the 49ers have a good defense and good quarterbacks. And maybe it was just like part of the Chiefs game plan that he, he wouldn't be covered as much um i think that's possible it's going to be very telling i feel like with this tennessee titans game this week about right. how involved nicole Hardman is with Kadarius tony on the team now right like i totally won't give up a ton for him or anything but it's just i think it's noteworthy that he might be someone and just watching the last couple games with the chiefs it's like they figured out how to use him finally like because yeah. he scored on a lot of the same plays they're like, oh, this is where your strengths are. Let's do, let's use you in this way. Like they couldn't figure that out before, or do you just yeah. have place on the field to figure that out? I mean, out of those three touchdowns, two were rushing touchdowns where they like had him in like a weird gadgety sweep. So, yep. yeah, yeah. I, if that wow. continues to work against other teams, yeah. Juju, Juju's the guy there though. Juju and Kelsey, but yeah, I, I think Hellman's Hardman sneakily might have a couple nice games here and there. For sure. Uh, Evan, you you about the same on Kadarius? You're not a yeah. big Tony fan? No, I don't care. 
Okay. <laughs> I think, I think it says make sure. I think it says all that you need to know by Urban Meyer wanted to take him in the first round. I, I did really like your uh, analysis, though, of, I mean, Sky Moore. The, this is kind of the uh, you're hearing the bells for Sky Moore a bit of like, I, look, he's a rookie. We've been spoiled with with rookie wide receivers coming out, being prolific. Maybe he takes a couple of years to catch on. But the Chiefs going out and acquiring Kadarius Tony, it, it's not a good, it's not a good thing for uh, Sky Moore. So a little bit of a little bit of a panic there. Sky Moore has made some pretty gnarly rookie mistakes, man. And totally possible that he bounces back from that. But it, it's been rough. But okay, move, moving right along because yeah, we got a couple more to get to. And I think this one's pretty fun. I want to hear what you guys think about Naeem Hines as a bill. Because I think in the same vein of Kadarius Tony sort of putting a death spell on Sky Moore, I think Naeem Hines just put a death spell on James Cook. I don't know. They finally seemed like they were integrating James Cook in the last game they played last week against the Packers. I felt like James Cook was on the field a lot. I'm just thinking maybe he didn't show enough and do enough. Like he he did get his like record high like snaps and and production, which isn't saying a lot. I mean, he got uh you know 35 rushing yards and uh he had one chunky reception for 40 yards. Um, so that was what it came down to. But I, I don't know. I don't know. You don't, in my opinion, you don't go out and get a Naeem Hines if you have a James Cook that's working. Because they're they're very similar players to me. No, they, they do seem pretty similar. But um, I don't think he put a death spell on James Cook. I think there's a death spell on all Bills running backs. Well, they traded away Zach Moss in that deal. So there's just single, there's Singletary, Cook, and Naeem Hines. Basically, right. that's it. I don't think anybody cared about Moss before that. I think this I think this takes more away from Singletary having any value than adding value to Hines or Cook. Singletary's also looks surprisingly good though. Yes. But I think I just think you're gonna see a three running back committee that rotates and I the only RB I want in the Bills is Josh Hong. That's it. Evan, any 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 Naeem Hines thoughts? I mean, he has no dead cap that he carries next year. So what's to say he's even on the team next year? I mean, I'm not overly concerned at this point for James Cook. Um, I think he's had some issues in pass pro. I mean, just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of expected that. You knew he wasn't a great fast protection back. Um, Needs to work on that at the next level. Um, So obviously he's a work in progress. And I can't blame the Bills for doing those little kind of moves to to shore up one thing or another. Um, plus, it gives them another back. I mean, running backs are historically very injury prone in that, you know, you're going to lose one or two of them throughout the year for some amount of time, typically. So if that's going to be the case, then why not get more competent backs that you can trust? You know, they're trying to go for the Super Bowl. This year, I think it's very evident that that's what they're trying to do. They have the team for it. So why not make a strength a little bit stronger? I do just think it's kind of it's kind of crazy how because now that I'm really looking into it in terms of Naeem Hines and uh, James Cook, they are very similar, both like 190. You know, James Cook has a little bit of height uh, over Naeem, but uh, they're like. 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> Their production or their uh, athletic metrics, rather. I mean, a four four two for James Cook, a four three eight for Naeem. Um, their speed score is basically identical. Their burst score is basically identical. I don't know. Uh, I I think I might, out of the three of us, I might be a little higher on the Naeem Hines train. I I, I just think like he's he's proven it before. Uh, he hasn't always been a consistent producer for the Colts. Uh, but he has had big, big fantasy games, and I guess we'll see. But I, I think Naeem Hines could end up being like that third down receiving back that that the Bills maybe wanted in James Cook uh, and weren't really getting up until now. So we'll see how that unfolds, but I kind of like it. Uh, and then got got to keep moving along here because we also have, well, honestly, just a couple of other ones that are probably going to be pretty quick here. Jeff Wilson as a Dolphin. Which honestly, the only reason why I even put it on the list is because I really like how Mike McDaniel is just collecting 49ers running backs. Like it's his job. He's like, oh, Jeff Wilson, come over here. Mostert, come over here. That is so funny. Nah, I, I don't really care about Jeff Wilson being on the team, but it is funny. When is uh, Elijah Mitchell going there? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Mitchell has to be next, right? One thing I will say, I mean, look, Mostert is 29 and he has like a history of being hurt. So. I, you know, Jeff Wilson probably isn't unowned in a lot of leagues. You were picking him up as the 49ers running back to own for a while there. But I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, certainly with Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers, uh, Jeff Wilson took a huge, huge downgrade. And then him going to the Miami Dolphins, it has to be some level of upgrade, right? Even if it's like very marginal, uh, he, it does make him to me like next in line if Mostert goes down like no, that makes sense. He'll, he'll be the guy um so i think you're happy there in general if you have jeff wilson uh and then one that is not going to matter at all for this year but it's still kind of fun to talk about calvin ridley as a jacksonville jaguar uh they went out and, and acquired him pretty much a, a clear signal that the jaguars are like nope not this year we'll we'll do it next year uh because calvin ridley is obviously suspended for sports betting uh, for a full year, which is really cool considering the uh, punishment that other people got for arguably worse uh, offenses, but you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so Calvin Ridley coming into next year, I'll give you guys my opinion right now. Calvin Ridley to me has always been a Jag as in just a guy, not a Jaguar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I don't really see him as like, an upgrade enough where it makes you think, oh, coming into next year, the Jags, just with that trade alone, they're going to see a massive like upgrade or anything like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think they're putting some really nice pieces down in Jacksonville. I mean, to be able to run out Calvin Ridley, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, LaVesca, Chenault, uh, he's still mm-hmm. there, right? No, and, no, he's a Panther now. He's a Panther, a Panther now. That's right. He is a yeah. Panther now. But still, you got Ridley, you got Kirk, you got Zay Jones. Zay Jones hasn't been like too much of a slouch. He's had some weeks. No, if if Trevor Lawrence is what we think he is, he's got pieces around him to do damage now. I still think they need that big body guy, it feels like. I mean, I could be wrong and and not super attuned to like the measurements of the, the current wide receivers there, but I think they're all like not... I don't know. They're just not that like dude. They're not like the, the alpha guy to me. 
I mean, they might try to do that in the draft this year. I mean, they've got. I think that's so it. Yeah. High picks. They have studs everywhere. Yeah. They might. No, just, I do think that's it. They might just take a big swing on. I mean, Evan knows college wide receivers really well. Who's like a top end big body wide receiver that the Jags might look at in the draft? Quentin Johnston out of TCU. Yeah. Ooh, I do like that. I do like that. Yeah, so. big, big physical freak. Yep. Mm-hmm. He he was on my uh, cornerstone ranking i think or i think that's right i think he was on my course and rankings at like the eight nine ten slot and i was just like i just love the dude's like athleticism he's just he's a big huge freak of nature yep so you get someone like that with calvin ridley and christian kirk etn all of a sudden you're a you're pretty dangerous offense there what that comes down to is if trevor lawrence can take that step because he's been kind of up and down kind of wishy-washy this year which has I kind but, of honestly, I don't really fault him too much because I almost view this as kind of his rookie season with as much as he went through last year. Yeah, he had the weirdest rookie year of any quarterback ever, probably yeah. with all the dysfunction that was going on. I almost look at that as a pass year because there was no development going on, mm-hmm. right? Because most rookie years are used to develop you. There was no leadership development going on last year for him. That's honestly, like he, he, he could have like, that could have been like a detriment on his entire like learning curve for the NFL of, of having to deal with urban Meyer and all that stuff. Like, I, yeah, I can't, I can't follow him too much. I'm, I'm looking ahead for Trevor Lawrence next year to, to show us what he's got. And I mean, he's done so many good things this year. He's just making rookie mistakes, right? Yeah. Which you should clean kind up. Of time. Makes sense. You get rid yeah. of the rookie mistakes. All of a sudden you just get the good. I still, I still think he's a top tier talent. I don't think he's a Peyton Manning or anything like that. Like some people were saying, no, no. or even an Andrew Luck. I don't know if he's that either, but could no, he be a top, probably right below could that? A, could be a top 15 quarterback for five to 10 years. Sure. Like I think, he, I think he could be like a Phillip rivers. Yeah. That's a good comp. Yeah. Like a, like a he's fine. You know, uh, totally startable. That's numbers. Good team around him. Can make Very happy. If he's your like QB two. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and then that's basically the end of the trades. I don't think I left any out that were super important. Uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there, but the only other things I wanted to kind of mention at the top here was, uh, the injuries that just kind of became news, like as of today and yesterday, uh, two big wide receiver out for the year injuries in Rashad Bateman and Michael Thomas, um, Michael Thomas, yeah, he might be done. He's 30, going to be 31 next year. Had an ankle injury last year, ankle surgery, toe injury this year, toe surgery. Not good for a wide receiver that that does his damage on like route running and being a specialist and stuff. I, I don't know, guys. I he might he might be done. So we've talked about it on this pod before that Evan and I are in a 16 team duo league where we're a team. Yeah. And we might be in the running for worst draft pick ever in the history of fantasy dynasty football, where we did a, that startup in a 16 team league. And our first pick was Michael Thomas in 2020. Oh, brutal. We, yeah. uh, that might be in the running for worst pick ever in the history of dynasty football. That was, that was bad. We're still recuperating from that draft. That's brutal. Yeah, that's real bad. Um, and look, I mean, 
way less like impactful because Bateman is so much younger, but still not great for Bateman, man. This is basically like the second kind of lost season for him. Um, and I was, I was pretty stoked on him, man. I, I really like him as a prospect. I like him as a, he, he when he's out there, he looks great. Um, but he just can't, he can't seem to stay healthy. So I'm, I'm looking ahead. I'm hoping that he gets right, but oof, man, it's just, it's brutal. This is, this is the same like recurring foot injury, I believe. Yeah. Right. With him. It's again, oh. just, you don't, you don't want your wide receivers to have foot injuries, man. Wasn't that a book on him coming out of Minnesota that talent sky was the sky's the limit, but there was big injury concern. What wasn't that what his profile was coming out? Yeah, I think that that I do recall that. Yeah, because yeah. I remember who else came out the year he came out because there was a couple big wide receivers that were coming out and a lot of people had Bateman as the most talented wide receiver coming out, but they were terrified of his injury history, which is why he got pushed down in NFL drafts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like rip to the to the Ravens, because I have to imagine that part of the reason why they're feeling comfortable moving Marquise Brown was because they expected Bateman to to take the next step and like you know you gotta you gotta make your your bets in the NFL but oh I just I'm I'm afraid that the Ravens might have made a, a a poor bet here unfortunately do you, one thing I think you might see from the Ravens for the rest of this year is a lot more two tight end sets and Isaiah likely getting involved with Mark Andrews kind of going to that old Patriot style offense where they're just running two tight end routes everywhere He's likely has looked really good. When Andrews went out the last game with the injury, he was the leading receiver on the Ravens. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just brutal, man. Um, I just wanted to mention those, you know, like for the Ravens part of things like, oof, you don't really want any of those receiving weapons that aren't named Mark Andrews, right? Like, are we looking at a Demarcus Robinson? I mean, I'll, I'll take Duvernay. You take, okay. Yeah. Duvernay for sure. sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about it. And then the Saints, man. We touched on it in our last Olave. episode with the panic button, but it's a Lave show, and that's yeah. it. I, honestly, that it, it's it's going to be really hard if the Saints don't make the playoffs to make the case for Rookie of the Year for Chris Olave. Yeah, but with Michael Thomas being out, I mean, he may be the second best offensive. Well, not maybe. He probably is yeah. the second offensive player on that team. I think it's going to come down to Olave versus uh, versus Walker. Don't you disrespect TE1, QB1, RB1, Taysom Hill like that? I mean, he's had one game, and it was against the Seahawks. <laughs> so you can't really count on that. If he plays the Seahawks again, sure. <laughs> if he played the Seahawks every game, Sure. But no, it's it's the Chris Olave show. Uh Taysom Hill, he's gotta be. I mean, dude's third, like he's gotta be. How long do we think his career is gonna be? Weird player. He's, he's <laughs> I love hate good. him so much because he's the he's like a fantasy reaper. Like you never you never start him, so you never want him on any of your teams. If you are starting him, he's never gonna go off. Uh and and he just hangs around as this like phantom of like ooh, he's gonna be the qb ooh, he's gonna be the tight end ooh, he's gonna be the running back it's just annoying but, I, but it is guaranteed that when um you're going against him in fantasy that will be the week he gets four touchdowns guaranteed yes. 
Yes, that's how that works. Oh my goodness, Damian Pierce. Oh my goodness, he just broke it off for like a 30 gainer. Whoa, that was awesome. Oh, you're really far behind. <laughs> oh, I, I have to be. I think I paused at one point. That was awesome, though. Holy shit. Oh, 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 yep. I, I, I sure am behind. I just saw the uh, the catch there. Was that a touch? Yeah, that's a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow, 14-14, Texas Eagles. Who saw that coming? Going in, going into half. Yeah, that's that's wild. Okay. Um, well, cool. I mean, so we went through the trades, uh, talked a couple injuries. Do you guys have any other like NFL things to call out here before we move into the the segments here? Nope, that was it. So Evan and I handled the the panic button for. Uh, for NFC last week and and we basically just like shelved our other segments and we just went really hard on panic button. Okay. Um, we can maybe make it a little more streamlined this time, but I, I do want to like dive in. So we'll see if we have time for, well, we'll definitely have time for Evan's best bets because I like it and we'll talk about it. I'll be real short on my spicy tick. I won't tell a story with it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And then we could just get into top dogs and, and end it. I did have a trade. Uh, we'll see if we have time, but let's, okay. let's just, let's go into panic button. So last week we talked about the Packers, the Rams, the saints and the bucks, um, and why we were feeling panic on those teams. Uh, Eric, you, you missed a great one, man. We let it off with the Packers and just talked mm. tons of Packers smack that you just weren't a part of it all. Ugh. Uh, this week we're going to go AFC and we were debating, between the Raiders and the Browns, I think I'm pretty, pretty safe to say we're panicking more on the Raiders at this point, given that the uh, the Browns came out and beat the Bengals and the Raiders basically got shut out by the Saints. Um, so we're going to talk Raiders, Broncos, Colts and Patriots for our AFC panic button. Um, and I would love to start us out on the Broncos because uh, Russ That's Stinky, Russ That's Stinky bad. team bad. Broncos country, let's ride into the depths of hell with uh, not having a first-round pick and being a bottom-five team, in my opinion. Um, Broncos just look bad. Uh, they went out, and one trade we didn't talk about is they traded away Bradley Chubb, which I think he's been, like, a little off and on. Like, as a, as a like, you know, I think he was drafted top five. Uh, but, you know, I think Broncos – we're a little underwhelmed, but when he's on the field, he does make great plays. I still think he's a great defensive player. Um, he went to the Dolphins, which I think is great for their defense, um, but they lost him. They traded him away for draft capital. The team seems like they're like um, starting to realize that they're not going to make the playoffs this year, especially in a loaded conference. So like, yeah, man, uh, I, I personally didn't see it coming when the news broke that Russ got traded to the Broncos. I was like, oh, dang, this sucks. Russ is good. I'm bummed. I have 180 completely since then. And I think it's pretty obvious why they have looked really, really bad. Uh, Russ cannot put it together. Russ is hurt dealing with shoulder and hamstring injuries. Doesn't look like he can make his reads before he just gets sacked. Um, the reason he does make, he just seems slow out there, uh, not using his legs as much, not scrambling anymore. 33 year old quarterback. That's just going to get worse and worse for him. Um, uh, not having a first round or a second next year, not having a first of the year after that. 
I think the Broncos are are looking really piss poor in a in a bad way, especially in their division. But uh would love to hear your guys' opinions because I obviously have a huge, huge bias hanging over my head. So like a scale of one to ten, one, you're not scared, you're not panicked at all. Ten, you're terrified, super panicked. Where where are you at with the Broncos? Yeah, I'd give them a nine. I, I, I mean, if if Russ doesn't put things together next year, oh my God, they just made one of the worst trades and decisions in NFL history, sending all those picks away for a potentially dud quarterback. I think that I think the the one out of the the nine out of ten there, that one point is like maybe Russ pulls it together, maybe they mm-hmm. figure it out, but they're not going to have draft capital to work with next year. And if Russ is only Russ is only getting older, man, I think they were kind of banking on him being able to supplement his like decreased rushing with like, oh, he's super accurate and he can still get it done. And they have the offensive weapons, but that isn't looking to be the case. And if he doesn't get it corrected next year, the Broncos are going to be in a bad spot for the next two years, at least. And they say, I mean, even more than that, because they signed Russ to a mega contract to have him play until he's 39. They sure did. So yeah, panicking bid mode. But again, if you guys have opinions that differ, or if you just want to like, if you just want to go ahead and like hop on my uh, Broncos train to hell uh, take, that's also very cool to me. So either way, uh, but what do you guys think? So the key takeaway for me, is that their defense has been fantastic, which is huge. So I think it's telling that their defense has been doing this for the most part without Randy Gregory, who they paid up for. And Ronald Darby got hurt as well. So they're without both of them. The offense is without Javonta Williams, is without Tim Mm -hmm. Patrick, and is without... Uh, Garrett Bowles, the starting left tackle. I mean, those are three relatively large impacts for the offense, three relatively large injuries for the offense. And the defense has been doing their job. If Russ can find a way to just will that offense to 20 points a game, they have a chance. Like that defense will keep them in games. So I think that's pretty big. Uh, They're 13th in cap space for next year. So they have the cap flexibility to be able to make a move, maybe two, um, to try and help that offensive line out. Um, Greg Dolchich, I think, is looking very good uh, from UCLA. He was an athletic tight end. He has athletic measurables, athletic metrics um, to be able to be a weapon in that offense and they've been featuring him more recently. Uh, if somebody were to offer me a him for a 23 second, that's mid I'd probably do it in a heartbeat. I think he's been getting the play time and I'm excited for it. And the defense is legit there. Patrick Sertan is fantastic. Yeah, no, he, he is really good. And Look, I appreciate you saying all that because, again, I have this this anti-Rust bias, but I guess my big, like, rebuttal is they they just – he hasn't given them those 20 points. Like, and I know they're dealing with some injuries, but I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, the, the fact that he's just looked so, let me just say it, he's just looked incompetent and, and maybe his injuries are, are, you know, not helping in that. That's totally understandable, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I do have, if I was not a Hawks fan, I'd probably put it at more like a seven out of 10 in terms of my panic scale. Um, but I'm still relatively panicked. Evan, what was your number? Uh, I'd probably put it at like a six and a half out of 10. Okay. I'm at a three. Okay. So, so relatively not panicked. I think the Broncos get the seventh playoff spot. Okay. I, I think they still make the playoffs this year. Like what Evan was saying, I love what I'm seeing for their defense. Um, I think it's taking some time for them to acclimate. I think from their offense, you've seen the absolute worst that they can possibly play to this point of the season. I don't think they can go down much further than they've gone down. I think they can only go up, right? And if they can just get to 20 to 24 points a game, I think they can win a good bit of their games. Now, they're not going to beat the Chiefs. You know, they're they're not going to beat the Bills. But it's kind of a bit of a crapshoot. In the AFC, Bengals losing Jamar Chase is huge. So, like, if I if I run through real quick, right? So, Chiefs, Bills, obviously, they're in the playoffs. Chargers, I'd say they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Dolphins, okay. So, then one team in the AFC South, one team in the AFC North for sure. So, that leaves two or so teams for one last spot, right? Jets are fake news. I don't think the Patriots are that great. I mean, with Jamar Chase being out, what if the Bengals go to a free fall? And the Ravens just run away with the division. Um, Raiders aren't doing anything. Steelers are stinky. Browns, I think, will be pretty bad. Even with Deshaun back, I don't think this will be Deshaun's year. I think that'll be next year. I think it's entirely possible the Broncos slip into the seventh spot. I think the only team that could really push them is if the Bengals bounce back with Jamar coming back. So I think, so just to mention, uh, the Broncos in their schedule, they they for the next three weeks, they have some pretty winnable games they have the titans they have the raiders and they have the panthers but then they go to the ravens then it's the chiefs then it's the cardinals then it's the rams which that's probably winnable unless the rams get it together and then it's the chiefs again and then it's the chargers again Mm -hmm. so they do have like most of their games left uh the majority of them are tougher matchups um and i think i'm with you where like it's i i even said it off the top there's a chance they get it together but i think the biggest preventative of that is nathaniel hackett and if they don't get rid of him or figure that out or replace him next year if they continue with him the broncos are going to be in a bad way Mm -hmm. oh yeah and um and like I said, like I'm at a three right now, but like I said, in a couple of weeks, I could get a lot worse. I, I could easily see them six and five in three weeks. With these so three. How, how much from a, from a three to a 10, they, they lose to the Titans. Where does that move the needle? If they lose to the Titans, it does not move the needle for me. They lose to the Raiders. If they lose to the Raiders, it goes up to a nine. It goes up to a nine from three. That, they're dead then. then. Then it's a nine. Um, okay. I think they get one more kind of a eh, week with the Titans. Well, I mean, did you see how bad the Titans offense looked last week? Like yeah. besides Henry running over people, yes. like the Broncos could hold them under 10 points. They could realistically do that. That like Evan was saying, their defense is great. They just have to find a way to get the 20. 
if they can figure out a way to get to 20, I think they could win a handful of these games. So, but if they, if they lose two out of the next three, that, then the panic's at 10, nine, 10, they're out of the playoffs. They're done. They, they, they've lost their grace. They can't lose games. They shouldn't lose anymore. Yeah. Well, I, def- I definitely hear you guys. Um, unfortunately, I just have to uh, vehemently boo you both because I, I want that top five pick. I want that top five pick so bad. Give That's me that. Right. Give me that Seahawks. Seahawks sneak into the playoffs and we get a top five pick. That's the best reality to live in. And I know it's a long shot, but oh my goodness. I would be so Broncos happy. Country. Let's ride. Yeah. Broncos country. Let's ride. Uh, man, he ended the game. <laughs> He ended his like after game interview with that oh. last week. I just, I was, oh man, uh, that guy is, oh boy. All right. Well, well, that's, that's enough for the Broncos. Let's, let's move on here. We have three other teams to talk about. And I guess since we're, we were mentioning them anyway, with like, if, if the, actually, this is a great setup. So Eric, you said, if the Broncos lose against the Raiders, then your panic button rating goes from a three to a nine. So let's talk about the Raiders. The Raiders have looked like poo-poo. They, they got shut out by the Saints, which was who were on our panic button episode last week for the AFC. They got completely stomped by Andy Dalton, which, whew, that is brutal. Um, but yeah, I, I will take the L here for sure, because I was a big proponent of like, they got Devonta Adams. That's going to be huge for their offense. Like that is going to be such a key addition that I was, I was looking forward to seeing the Raiders kind of turn things around. Nope. The Raiders are looking bad. The Raiders are looking real, real bad. And Josh Jacobs is kind of their only highlight, but even he went out and, and kind of had a dud game last week. Uh, he's still great in terms of like his overall fantasy output, but between Devonta Adams and Josh Jacobs and even Devonta Adams, you're a little bit like, oh, like ha- him putting up a dud against the Saints is that is brutal. So like you're a little disappointed there and there's really nothing else fantasy wise. It is a desolate landscape. The mythical uh weird top wide receiver of hunter renfro from last year is gone that's dead uh that doesn't exist anymore darren waller is a 30 year old tight end that is hurt um that's not good they got nothing else going on and their defense is very bad so yeah i mean between between the broncos and the raiders like Again, I think my in, inflation there for the Broncos panic rating is obvious. I, like you guys can see why. I think I would put the Raiders right there at nine too. I'm like nine out of ten on the Raiders. Like at least they have some picks to work with next year, uh, as opposed to the Broncos. But they're in a rough, rough spot. I get the Raiders out of ten. Yeah. Can we name one thing they do well? Maybe run with Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, Josh Jacobs was doing it for a while, and then he got stopped by the Saints too. So that's unfortunate. He's still a wide. He's still a running back one. So like that's great if you if you have him, especially when people were kind of uh, down on him a little bit. But he also is probably gonna leave the team next year unless they like re-sign him, which I guess they could. I just don't see it as very likely. Um, so they lose Josh Jacobs, and they have Devonta Adams. Hunter Renfro, Waller, like they have pieces, but they can't do anything. 
I, I can't name one thing that team does well. Yeah. And they're in one of the toughest divisions in football. And I just don't see any way that they can bounce back from this. And I hope for Derek Carr's sake, Derek Carr gets to get traded or moved. Because I think the chances of Raiders being good is kind of dead. And I would like to see Derek Carr, I don't know. I can't even think of a team off the top of so, my head. I mean, that's interesting uh, that you say that. Like, do you, So what do you think are, like, is it mainly just the defense then for you of, like, what the Raiders, like, issue is? Uh, to me, I think it's probably the coaching. Like, what do you think, like, the problem is? It's a mix of everything. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good coach. Um, that defense was supposed to be good and improved with pass rushers, and they can't pressure the quarterback. And yeah. they got a good bit of money tied up in there. I mean, can you name anyone in their secondary? I can't. I have no idea. Abrams. Abrams? Okay. Abrams but, is still with them. So, yeah, okay. At least they, yeah. I, I do like Abrams. He's a good player. But, but I mean, they got Devonta Adams, but he, their offensive line can't give them time to get in the ball, you know? Yeah. Maybe the next uh, flex seal quarterback for the Colts is Derek Carr. I don't know. So we'll, we'll fit, we'll figure that out. This seems to be the, the place that they all go to. I don't know. I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr had such an underrated career. I think he's been actually really good for most of his career and people just, he's just on the Raiders. He has uh, made some really like really cool plays. Like when I think about his history and stuff, like he's made some game like last minute, which maybe he should never been in this position <laughs> to begin with, but like, last minute like last couple seconds of the game like game winning drives or, or touchdowns and stuff like that that is a, for me like what he's known as he was a drive away from knocking off the super bowl reps Bengals yeah. last year yeah. left and now they look like they can't even figure out how to get a first down it's crazy let's talk about the big like elephant in the room here they lost john gruden who i know I know maybe he's not like the best coach ever, but I, I do think you see a big downgrade with McDaniels like, and, and that, and that is saying a lot for me, like to downgrade from Gruden that oof, yikes. People can, people can say what they want about Gruden. The guy knows football. Yeah. He, he knows football, whether he makes dumb decisions or not, whether he says stupid things or not, the dude knows football. The guy lives and breathes football. And I think players respect him as a football it, mind. It's actually like not, not sad. I guess that's not the right word, but the fact that uh, Gruden and Derek Carr got like ha like neighboring houses. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard about that story, but they like. Uh, I, I don't know if this. I don't know if this is still the case. Uh, probably not. Maybe though. Uh, but yeah, they were literal neighbors. Like they got houses right next to each other in uh, in Nevada, which is really funny. Um, but okay, so you're at a ten, a full ten out of ten smashing the panic button i am pressing the panic button confidently with a nine out of ten evan what do you think i think they desperately need some offensive line help and i think that they need some better play calling i mean the raiders have been running the ball well recently uh even with a very poor offensive line their defense has been very mid to say the best you look at a lot of those first round picks of the John Gruden uh, era and they didn't really pan out, which is really unfortunate. Um, you look at the haul that they got for Khalil Mack and it turned into basically nothing, which is super frustrating. 
Max Crosby is a fantastic edge rusher for them. So it's really good to see him locked up and on that team for a while. I also still think Carr is Carr. And whenever Carr is around, he has the ability to figure it out. And he can just start to click and all of a sudden just carry that offense. He is a floor-raising quarterback when uh, the offense is going right, when he is going right. Um, So... Once again, I mean, it's another team that I'm not terribly concerned about. Um, I think they're a top 10 team in cap space next year once again. So hopefully they go and sign some offensive linemen. Hopefully they take an offensive lineman relatively early in the draft. Um, You can buy in all of that. And maybe it's just a a one-year and retool type of thing for them. Um, McDaniels hasn't looked great as the head coach, but he also hasn't looked awful. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Um, and I mean, realistically they're in a division that they're probably not going to have a chance in at this point. Uh, it just kind of is what it is. So I'd say once again, probably a six out of 10 right now, panic meter. Okay. So, I mean, you say you're not like very panicked, but th- I mean, six out of 10 is still like, a good amount of panic, like a respectable amount of panic. Yeah. It, it, it's at like a low simmer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, For sure. I honestly, like I do, I think we all like Derek Carr as, as a quarterback. I think it's fairly obvious that he is good. Um, But yeah, I honestly, to me, and this might be, I don't know. I, I feel like Derek Carr is just like a much more unlucky Matthew Stafford. Like, like similar player in my mind, a clutch kind of quarterback, good arm strength, smart guy. I think they're similarly built, um, but he just, I don't know. I feel like if you put Derek Carr on the Rams last year, he also wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, okay. And then let's go ahead and move right along. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the Colts, guys. They, to me, are one of the weirdest, like, most frustrating teams in the NFL. Because they do this thing where it comes in these massive waves, especially coming off of the year last year that they had, where they were like heartbreak like miss the playoffs like all arguments to uh them like basically being a shoe in they had that really crazy loss from the jaguars that basically like threw them out of contention and uh, if that never happened everyone was pretty much like they are full go um they come into this year without carson wentz but the year before that they had Philip Rivers for a year. So they go Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. They just keep taking these QBs and trying to, in my opinion, like apply a band-aid over the QB position, which is just never, that's never how you want to do it. In my opinion, like the QB is the leader of the team. He needs time to, to get ingrained and build chemistry and all that stuff. You bring in a guy, especially someone that's like not a prolific talent, 
um, and you try to shoo him into your offense and make him work. And it's just nine out of 10 times. It's not going to go over. I still think that they have Jonathan Taylor, who is one of the best running backs in the league, although he has been hurt pretty much all year this year. He has been the, you know, classic Christian McCaffrey archetype of you took him 101 overall and he has massively disappointed you. The fact that they have JT and Pittman and they still have uh, uh, Shaq Leonard and they, they still have some like key pieces there that like, I'm not as panicked. Um, I think that they're just kind of a weird team that needs like a soft rebuild, really just needs to get the quarterback figured out. Probably more like a six and a half panic button for them. But uh, yeah, let's see if like Frank Reich even sticks around because he, he's kind of on the hot seat in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I do think that the Colts are are worthy of being on our panic button segment at the very least. So so, how do you guys feel about the uh, the Indianapolis Colts right now? Take a guess who has the worst PFF graded offensive line through eight weeks. Dang. They were ranked like top five, I feel like, last year. Yeah. What's the what's the big loss there? Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson has been an absolute shell of himself. I mean, he went from being an all-pro to being a graded out as a replacement level player this year. That's not good. I mean, he, he gave up three pressures last week alone. That's not good. I mean... <laughs> Three pressures was like half a season for him last year. So, I mean, that offensive line is not looking good. I mean, they, they're giving up pressures left and right. Um, whoever is the quarterback there is having to get the ball out. They're taking a lot of sacks. I mean, the Colts defense has been holding them in games um i think their their defense is averaging giving up right around 20 points a game um but their offense is 30th in the nfl in points per game oof man and they locked up quentin nelson for four years 80 million dollars yeah um michael Pittman jr has looked kind of as i thought he would this year Uh, i'm not too surprised one way or another uh, Shaq Leonard has been a big miss for the defense this year. Um, definitely something that has hurt them. Um, even with that, they're the eighth ranked pass defense, giving up just under 200 yards a game, which I think is pretty dang good. Um, and when Shaq comes back, uh, they're the 17th ranked rush defense right now. I mean, 120 yards a game isn't bad. Um, seeing him being able to get back. Uh, probably get it down closer to 110, 105 a game. Probably knock a little bit off of that pass, uh, passing yards per game. Yeah, I mean, they could be looking at a quarterback in the next draft. They should be. So pa- panic rating-wise, where, where are you at? Panic rating this season? I mean, they're not making the playoffs. I already put a full thousand dollars on them to have under seven and a half wins this year and obviously i felt confident enough to do that i mean sam ellinger is starting and doesn't sound like matt ryan has the faith of the coaching staff right now so 
you got all of that going on. JT's obviously battling through injuries right now. Um, so like you combine all that. that was also such a huge miss trading for Matt Ryan, dude. Oh, yep. The good news is they still have their first round pick this year. Yeah. So if they continue to lose, they could use additional assets, trade up, try and get one of the quarterbacks that they want. And hopefully they've learned from years past and they don't pass on a quarterback if they have the potential to take one that they believe in. But we'll see. So I want to bring this up because all I hear in sports media is how the greatest GM in the world is Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard is this genius GM from the Colts. He like revolutionized all this kind of stuff. All it, what do you guys think Chris Ballard's record is as the GM of the Colts? If he had a ballpark it, what do you think? Right around 500. Mm-hmm. 41 and 40. That's his record. Oof. And he replaced Ryan Grigson, who was known as this asshole. Everyone hated him, was terrible at his job, had to fire him, get Chris Ballard in there. You guys know what his record was over the five seasons he was there? It was over 600. 49 to 31. That's a really good record. Maybe Chris Ballard's not that good at the, being a GM. He seems to just be throwing darts at these quarterbacks. His Some of his draft picks are okay. Some aren't. He's let his offensive line completely dissipate. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand the Chris Ballard. I, it perplexes me. I don't get why people like him so much. But anyway, that's just a whole side tangent. I'm about an eight with the Colts. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, man. I don't get it. If you you listen, turn on any of the sports talk things and listen to them talk about Chris Ballard, and you would think he was like 70 and 20 as a GM. I I, I don't understand it. I don't know. I mean, it's QB, it's QB purgatory. I mean, they haven't been in a position to even trade up realistically. They haven't been in a position to trade up for a quarterback. When, when you're picking in the 20s, you're not going to be able to trade up into the top five. Right. And if you and if you do, you're literally going to have zero assets for the future, right? To be able to do anything with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't do anything with the quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's just my rant about Ballard. That he gets talked about like he's some super genius GM, and I don't, I don't see it. Um, but I'm about an eight with the Colts. I'll keep it short. No QB in sight. That's their future. They got some pieces here and there. Like Jonathan Taylor's a good piece. Michael Pittman's a good piece. Like they have something there. But I don't, and they have a really weak division, which helps them too, that they could turn it around pretty quickly if they got a couple things right. But they got to make some smart choices and stop just trying to put duct tape over the quarterback hole. That's the big thing. Yeah, that, that is the exact big thing for me. Like if they don't figure out the quarterback, which... That's not, I, I'll be honest, that's not an easy task, man. Like <laughs> figuring out the quarterback is easier said than done. Um, they're just not, I think they were just hoping to get lucky and and bring one of these guys in and, and have them just click. But that's just not generally, in my opinion, how, how it works. Um, you, uh, there's been times where it has, obviously, but you have to be like, kind of a like a Peyton Manning or like Tom Brady guy to like go from a team and and go to another team and be instantly successful like that um so 
yeah yeah looking looking rough for the colts but uh we got we got one more team and i just mentioned tom brady so might as well Um, dive into the patriots real real quick side note what kind of world are we living in if andrew luck never retires yeah yeah that is that is brutal i mean he was so they got him an offensive line and he stayed healthy and he didn't retire andrew luck with jt and michael pittman is like yeah probably pretty good although again like if the offensive line stayed as it is this year He'd probably be dead yeah but yeah because he was already getting like i don't know if you for some reason it's like resurfaced a bunch of like uh still frame shots of of andrew luck getting sacked and he he was like he was getting ufc tackled out there guys like people were putting him like chokeholds and bringing him to the ground and shit like yeah i i kind of realized after i saw a couple of those i'm like oh this is why you retired for sure like you can't no one can put up with that for for that long um but okay let's let's get into the the last team here it's the new england patriots um it feels a little weird to put them on here for me because like they were winning game, like games at the beginning of the year, it just has fallen off dramatically. And now with like the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, like in with one foot, out with the other, like not sure what is happening there. Um, it it to me seemed like they were they were kind of deemed worthy of putting on this list, um, especially with like Bill Belichick being this consistent coach that seems to always like get it figured out. Mac Jones year one comes in, takes him to the playoffs, like to see them kind of falling from grace so hard. Um, I don't know. It just felt worthy of discussion. I would say right off the bat, they're probably my least panicky team from this list. I think they're probably more like a five for me still like, you know, a moderate amount of panic. Um, Bill Belichick isn't going to coach forever. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, probably not the quarterbacks of the future. Um, Maybe they pull it together, but the the odds are not likely. And then when you go through their just their talent, um, they just don't have a ton there, man. Uh, Jacoby Myers is cool, especially because you can grab him late, pretty like pretty much in all of your drafts, and he's been pretty nice to have as a flex. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson coming out and looking pretty good. Uh, I'd love to see that, but like they in my opinion it's just not enough like the team is not enough to make those players like super valuable and and to have you super excited to have them so less panicky for me on the patriots but like a couple years go by from now and mac jones bailey zappy aren't doing it bill belichick looks closer and closer to to retiring potentially i think that we could be looking at like a weird sudden panic for the patriots but I want to get your guys's gauge on this as well. I'm probably around a five or a six for the Patriots. Is there is a world where they figure it out, get it together and they're fine, but it's like the old adage, right? When you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I think Mac Jones confidence is shot right now. I think the whole in and out, in and out thing with how good Zappy played with him being out yeah. is messing with it. Now he feels like he has to push. I think also he might still be a little injured because it was, it was like a high ankle sprain that he was diagnosed with. And he absolutely, if it was a a true high ankle sprain, he came back absolutely way too early. 
He was out for like two weeks, and that's like I, a four to six week injury. I saw some reports that said he pushed to come back early because he saw how good Zappy was playing. It makes sense, um, and I'm sure Bill was also like, or whoever was also like, you gotta get back in there. That because there's no shot in that Bears game that Bill Belichick planned to play two quarterbacks from the start. No chance. No. He threw a pick, and Bill's like throwing Zappy. Yeah. Um, I, I that's gonna be a storyline the whole rest of the year. Um. I don't know who uh, it's probably Mac Jones is probably the better quarterback, but Zappy looked a lot more confident, a lot more poised. Looked like he ran the offense better. So that'll be a weird thing all year. And then you have a split locker room and it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of weird things, but then there's the Mac Jones figures it out, plays great. And they take off and go right back in. Right. Like yeah. I'm, that's why I'm about a five or six. I could see it going either way, but there's enough there that I'd be confident enough that, I could see a positive outcome with them. For me, the the zappy thing, it might come like this is kind of where I'm at. It, it could come down to like teams weren't like game planning for it to be zappy. You know, like it, it could just be they maybe underestimated him or just underestimated Bill's ability to like make zappy work. I'm not super convinced that he's like. I, I think I'm with you where. I, Mac is probably most likely the better QB there. But even saying that between Mac and Zappy, they neither of them are looking like fantastic, you know, team making options. So it, it, no, you know, but, it's, it's a problem. But you also got to take into consideration too, how much new England Pat, Patriots fans now love Zappy. Well, they like love their, they love their late round cool. drafted QBs, right? But I mean, the way that they were cheering and the electricity yeah. that fired through the stadium when Zappy came in against the Bears. I think they're quick touchdown drives. They're looking for their next Tom Brady. Basically, so like a cult they're like, oh, who's going to be the, the fourth, fifth round, sixth round QB that we draft that's going to turn it around and win us eight championships I in guess, a row? I'm going to look this up right now while Evan goes. I'm going to look up what Zappy jersey sales are compared to the rest of the league this year. That's yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, Evan, they are very high. Yeah, gotta be right. Gotta be. They are very high. So Evan, yeah. Evan panic button uh, rating. How do you feel about the Patriots? Four, four and a half. Okay, yeah. So we're all right around the same spot, like four and a half, five, six. Yeah, um, I'm not super concerned, especially moving forward. Um, they have their first round pick. Their wide receiver room is absolutely atrocious. They spend a ton of money on tight ends. They're not producing. They have their running game kind of starting to go. Um, And they can build their play action game off of their running game, which they were doing with Zappi at quarterback. Um, And for whatever reason, when Mac was back in the game, they decided to go a different direction. Um, you look at the uh, ADOTs of Zappy versus Mac, and Mac is pushing the ball downfield. Uh, much better clip, uh, more times during the game. Uh, the offense is going for more explosive plays. He, he, they just need weapons. Like it's as simple. It's as simple as that. Like they just need weapons. Like the offense is basically weaponless at this point. And it just, it feels like they're trying to throw little wooden spears at a battleship. 
when they're playing out there. Like it's just tink, 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 tink. And they're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Well, it, it is so. brutal. Um, like their big receiving threat weapon in Nikhil Harry, just bust of the like bust of the decade, <laughs> like just ho- horrible. First round drafted and just nothing. Um, so that is brutal. But uh, Taekwon Thornton is their other like big uh, highly drafted wide receiver. And he's also like not really been a thing and might not ever be a thing because he's kind of one dimensional like speed guy. But Cole Strange, who everybody made fun of has been playing fantastic football so far. I actually really liked that pick, too. Um, I, I did. When I saw that, I I saw a lot of people down on it, but I do like the Cole Strange pick. But okay, yeah, I, I think we're all on the same page there. Uh, same page for the for the most part for most of these guys, uh, for most of these teams. It definitely feels like the NFC is more panicky than the AFC, just generally speaking. Uh, the NFC just seems like they just have way more teams that have way higher expectations that are just floundering right now. Um, so just, you know, stuff to, to keep in mind um, was, was really cool. Just going through all these, uh, all these eight teams with you guys. So uh, I think that was a lot of fun. Do we want to go through really quickly? Like our, our segments here, do we want to skip straight to, to top dogs? I know it's getting late for you boys. I, I can do mine super quick. If you want to do yours super quick, Kevin, just. Okay. Uh, Seahawks money line. Plus one, uh, plus one of five. Uh, basically, it comes down to Cliff is nine and fifteen against the spread as a favorite, including one and four in the division. Pete Carroll's forty-five and twenty-eight against the spread, sixty-two percent as an underdog, and eighteen and ten in the division. So you put those two together for the coaches, and it's looking up, looking good. Uh, you combine combine that with the fact that the Seahawks defense is actually uh, figuring out how to play defense, which is a miracle, considering that they have a bunch of just guys on that defense. Uh, and the offense has been running at probably a top 10 clip recently. So give me uh, give me the Seahawks against the Cardinals this week. Evan, I like what you say. I like the words coming out of your mouth and make me quite happy. That is uh whoo baby. All right, bet in the house on the Hawks tonight. Let's go. Sounds good. And then as always, we got I, I I'm tearing up a bit because I just got a whiff of something that's real spicy and it must be coming from Eric's side of things. It is uh very spicy. So I'm not gonna go into a normal long story, but there is a famous story that Dan Campbell got the job as head coach of the Lions because he leaned in really close to the camera and told them how much he wanted that job. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to lean in real close. Oh, no. <laughs> Justin Fields is going to be a top 10 quarterback fantasy-wise the rest of the season. Whoa. All right. So you, so are you saying that he finishes top 10 or that the from next... here for the rest of the season, he will be top 10. He will finish as a top 10 from here the rest of the season. Yes. Top Oof. 10 fantasy quarterback. Oof. I feel like I just got pepper sprayed. <laughs> Oh boy, that is uh that is spicy guacamole. Okay, all right, cool. I mean, bit of a homer take, but I also, I mean, he does. Have you seen his last two weeks? He seems like he's starting to click for sure. I, I will contend to find that something. Yeah, 
yeah, they they're designing the the QB runs for him. They just added Chase Claypool. Nikhil Harry, I know, I know, I know, huge bust, but we've been so spoiled for wide receivers, man. He's coming into his third year. Maybe Nikhil Harry is something. I don't know, but I I, I like it. I like it. I like that take. That's that's bold and spicy, but could theoretically happen. Um, all right, I like it. So let's get into let's get into the top dogs then make this kind of a kind of a speedy one um and i'll start us off with qb i'm going uh patrick mahomes because the titans are not a defense that i'm scared of and i think that he takes this game and he just he just puts on show he he's going showtime mahomes and uh yeah i i think it's just going to be one of the best performances that he's going to put on all year and he's just going to make the titans look silly uh so yeah and maybe derrick henry makes it a slightly competitive game but i'm i'm just banking on like patty just goes out there and he's like let's get it done and you're you're talking about like a touchdown to every single receiving player on the team uh so let's go patrick mahomes yeah go wrong with mahomes by the way um just to follow up my hot take fields is currently 11th in qbs for fantasy this year and he's behind Trevor Lawrence by one point. Wow, he's one that, point off top ten QB already this year. That's crazy. Yeah, all I right. I wouldn't have thought that actually. I yeah, actually thought further down than that, but same. So, Justin Fields. But um, my QB this week is Tua Tungavaloa, and that is because the Bears defense is poopy. I watch an entire Bears Cowboys game. And they could not stop a single wide receiver on that team. None. Dak literally ate them for lunch the entire day. Like, to see a team put up 49 points against the Bears is unreal. I can't remember the last time the Bears gave up 49 points. They're supposed to be the defensive stalwarts of the NFL with the Steelers. It's embarrassing. But uh, I think Tua is going to light it up this weekend. All right. And Evan, your uh, QB top dog? Yeah, so I'm going with a disgusting one in Kirk Cousins, and he's going against the Washington Commanders this week, and he just added TJ Hawkinson, and I think that is fun. Uh, He also has Justin Jefferson, who is a fun wide receiver, who, yes, he's playing outside, um, but Washington is not a very good football team. And I think that they can put up some points on that team and really solidify the fact that they are the best team in their division. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate it just off the back of the, of Justin Jefferson, who uh, I'll talk about in a little bit, but before that, <laughs> I, I wanted to go Mahomes and Kelsey for my stack. You just kind of ruined that for me. So, <laughs> Hey, we can both eat, man. We can both get points. Like that's totally an option for you. Um, but you are in the lead. So, you know, legally speaking, as per the rules, you do have to put in yours last, <laughs> but okay. So going to, to running back, um, maybe a little bit of a spicy one, especially with like Eckler being up there, but Eckler also, I, I did have slotted in and then he had an abdominal injury, like spring up, which, 
Uh, I don't know, guys. Like Thursday injury, that's I don't like it. Um, could could just be nothing, but I don't like it. And so I pivoted and I'm going with Alvin Kamara instead. Um, he obviously had a huge week last week and going against the Ravens, who are a bottom six defense in the league. Um, a game that will inevitably have to be a, a competitive game. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot of points scored, and I think Kamara can come out and have a repeat or better performance going against the Ravens. So I'm 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 going Alvin Kamara this week. I like that Kamara pick. Isaiah Spiller week, maybe. Oh. My RB this week is actually going right now. Miles Sanders already got a touchdown in the game. Looks pretty good. So I hope he gets another one or two up there as they pull away from these Texans. Um, I just think that Houston's bad, and I think the Eagles are going to pull away in the second half. And I thought they were going to pull away from the start and run the ball with Sanders a lot. Solid pick. Yeah, Texans, the worst rushing defense in the league, I believe, is the stat. So not a bad choice there. And then uh, what do you got, Evan, for running back? Yeah, I'm going back to the back to the well of Josh Jacobs. I mean, it's the one thing the Raiders have been able to do is run the ball. So why not continue to lean on running the ball? Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think that they might just know at this point after that devastating loss against the Saints that they, they just got to get the ball in Josh Jacobs' hands. Um, okay. And then, like I said earlier, my wide receiver top dog coincides with Evan's quarterback top dog, and I'm going Justin Jefferson. Um, did you guys know that Justin Jefferson hasn't had a receiving touchdown since week one? What? Yeah. Wow. He's had he's had touchdowns. They've come off like jet sweeps and rushes, uh, but not a receiving touchdown since week one. And so I think weird. I think this is where it corrects. There's no way that Justin Jefferson, as good and talented as he is, goes another week without scoring a TD uh, through the air. And I think he gets uh, I think he could get a couple. Uh you know, I'm not uh, I'm not super afraid of the Washington Command- Washington Commanders defense, so I think it's entirely possible. Uh, and I'm banking on him to get it done uh, through the air. So Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, top dog. Nice, nice, good pick. Um, this goes along with my QB. Uh, I got Tyreek Hill, and just watching how CD Lamb destroyed the Bears secondary last week. And I think Tyreek Hill is the same style of player that CeeDee Lamb is, but better. And he is going to be so fast. He and Waddle are going to be flying around. And you're going to see one of those, like, nine-catch, 220-yard, two, three-touchdown games for Tyreek this week. I just – it pains me being – it's just – I can't believe how bad the Bears' defense looked. And we got rid of Roquan and Quinn. Oh, Eric, I'm so sorry, but you you weren't here for our last episode, so you didn't – you weren't keen on the on the pattern here. You're you're picking Tyreek on the wrong week, man. He went off last week. I know we talked about that two weeks ago too. Yeah, he went off last week though, so he's not going to go off this week. Well, you know what? He's bucking the trend because Bears defense stinky. You so. know how crazy it is though. Like literally, I'll just read out. So seventeen points, forty two points, five points, twenty five points, thirteen points, twenty nine points, fourteen points, thirty one points. It's so weird. Literally week on, week off for him, which is so wild. I think for both teams in this game, whatever offensive players you got that are normal, like good offensive players, I think you're starting them. Because I think yeah. this game is going to be really high scoring. Right. And then uh, that, that sounds good. And then uh, Evan, uh, do you want to give your super unique wide receiver top dog that no one else picked? 
Yeah, Justin Jefferson, because I always take a stack and I didn't want TJ Hawkinson being his first week in that offense. I'm taking a stack. And Jefferson, same thought process, Corey. He hasn't had that receiving touchdown and he is still, I think, the number four wide receiver in fantasy football. And he's and he has one one receiving touchdown all year. Yeah. But and there's got to be positive regression coming. And hopefully this is the week. Right there with you, brothers in arms. Okay. How are you a fourth-ranked wide receiver in football? And people are like, oh, he can play better. <laughs> that's, that's so dumb. Just comes down to those touchdowns, man. Not not happening through the air. Like, like I said, he's still getting them. But, like, it's been <laughs> eight weeks since he's gotten a receiving touch. Yeah, that's got to regress. I've got him in uh, four or five leagues and I could not be happier. Like, yeah, it is awesome having him on my teams for sure. And so, and still so super young. Like I feel like with the, uh, um, Jamar chase injury, he's basically taken that like wide receiver one dynasty yeah. slot. That's like, it. yeah, absolutely. Him, okay. It might be him and AJ Brown right now. Well, yeah. I mean, AJ Brown's looking real good. He's, he, He's just a monster. It's crazy. I can talk more about this. We we should cut it short though. But like, it's just crazy the the dynamic between AJ Brown and J Jeff. Where AJ Brown's just a he's such a beast of a man out there, and J Jeff seems like he's just shiftier and elusive, and people just can't get their hands on him. And I, it's just it's so cool. They're they're obviously like, fantastic. I feel like AJ Brown is the Marshawn Lynch of wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah uh all right and then just like evan said uh the stack master general himself i'm going stacks this week and i'm pairing patrick mahomes with travis kelsey what what do i need to say travis kelsey is the number one receiving option for patrick mahomes i think patrick mahomes is going to stomp all over the titans and so pairing up travis kelsey stacking them up tight end top dog i like it i like it and um, what is your I, hey, hey eric what's your tight end top dog very, very unique one that has never been picked before on the show, yeah. Travis Kelsey. Whoa! I know. I actually was very close to going Isaiah Likely uh, with Mark Andrews being injured. Really thought about it, but I, it's just a juicy matchup. It's Travis Kelsey. He's been, he hasn't had a loud game in a couple of weeks, and it feels about that time. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And then, uh, Evan, your tight end. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey was the juicy matchup, and both of you took it, and I was not about to make all three of us take the exact same tight end. So even though Zach Ertz hasn't been getting the workload that I want him to be able to get since Nuke has come back, I'm still going to roll out with trusty Zach Ertz, hoping that the offense starts to incorporate him again and doesn't just feed Nuke a bunch of targets, uh, and Kyler actually kind of does something. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But I'm also up by enough in top dogs right now, so I can afford to give you guys a point or two. Oh, ouch! I mean, you're not wrong, but ouch. Um, this this is a conversation for another time. But is Nuke possibly a top 10, 15 wide receiver ever? No, just purely talent. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen hands 
in the patches that guy made. No. I like like I said, it, it would be a debate. Like it's certainly not cut and dry, but like I, don't I think he's one of the best ones to play, like you know, over the last couple of years. But I don't know if like that his like historically wise. I don't know if that like slots him in to the top ten, top fifteen. I just think there's been so I many. Can, I don't know if I can name fifteen wide receivers I as a quarterback would want to throw to more than DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'd have to go back. I feel like there's at least ten. Yeah, top ten feels to maybe like ten to twenty, somewhere in that range. Yeah, ten to twenty seems more accurate to me i i just you know again i don't have names off the top of my head but just gut feeling it feels like more of like a 17 18 randy moss jerry Mark harrison calvin johnson to larry fitzgerald there's like seven michael irving julio jones andre johnson i'll disagree i'd rather a hot nuke no i just want to see how many more evan can do this that was really impressive Steve Steve Smith, you can make the yeah. argument. Heinz Ward. I feel like Nukes in that Steve Smith realm. Like that that's feels he's around that. Chris Carter. Yeah, Chris Carter's up there. It feels like he's in that 16 to 20. Yeah, I think that's, that's accurate. Right? Like I don't feel like he gets talked about like that kind of guy. Like he loves six weeks and he comes back and he's making these ridiculous catches out of I don't know. I feel he's so underappreciated for how good he is. It's also a different NFL. It is. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say. We'll honestly, we'll see. I think it'll be big for him if he can like put together prolific years over the next like two, three years. That'll that'll definitely make a statement. your Kyle Pitts acquisition in Barbarians League. Maybe I'll just quickly review it. So Eric, you attained Kyle Pitts uh, uh, and you sent away Kadarius Tony, Chris Olave, and a first round next year, which will probably end up being pretty late. I think your your record is pretty good in that league. Um, I initially was like, this is pretty even. I really like Chris Olave and the first on top. Like Kadarius Tony is kind of a nothing to me. Although in Barbarians League, Kadarius Tony could see some return work points. Um, but the more and more I think about it, given this is a tight end premium, like crazy point, start two tight end league, and Kyle Pitts is so young. And if the Falcons get their QB in order, I, I do think that I lean more towards you winning that trade. I do too. And plus, um, the kick return and punt return is so crazy in that league. I'm not even starting Olave and never will because I'm too busy starting three kick returners every week at wide receiver. Yeah. And hey, I mean, that that is a strategy for sure. It did not work out well for Donnie last week when I crushed him in the Barbarians because his kick returners just, it wasn't a kick return week for them. And that, that'll happen. That's the risk that you take. Uh, and I had Devin who gets me 143 points last week. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I wonder what his, uh, you don't happen to know Duvernay's ranking off the top of your head in the Barbarians League. I bet it's like way stupid high. Well, I I think they have it ranked weird. Like they don't, 
include that's what i was noticing too yeah sleeper has like their, include the like, uh, not correct rankings it's really weird yeah bc is 31 and there's no way so just to give there's the viewers no like just to give the viewers like i guess a um an estimation here of like the difference with the kick return right so alave he had like a so his weeks went 26 42 85 45 38 62 33 so it's a very high scoring league, but you know, he puts up some really good numbers there. Then we go to Duvernay and Duvernay goes 60, 138, 100, 70, 65, 20, 71, 43 for just stupid amounts of points. That is what, yeah, 143 points. That is, um, that's he said, stupid. He said two games over 138. Yeah, so we need to reduce those points even more. No, we can't do that because I'm making trades now based upon that. I would have kept the lava if we were going to do that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, we'll discuss the that. Weird, the other weird thing in this league is Antonio Gibson getting less running work made him more valuable because he gets more kick returns now. Yeah, he went from scoring around thirty to scoring one hundred twenty-seven, and then ninety-five. That league is near and dear to my heart because that—that was the one league when I was making all the RPG leagues where I was like, "Let's just get absolutely wild," and I just started basically adding zeros at the end of every single like point value to just make it big. Yeah. And when I did that for the hunt and kick returns, I was like not really thinking about it and then that first year where Cordero Patterson was the number one I think it was literally like the number two ranked fantasy asset in that league which yep. is just like that's when I was like oh no I've I've messed up I can't make this I love it. oh no I need to adjust this league hey, uh, that is so once funny you find out once you fix see that that league is one in the first two to three weeks is once you figure out who the kick or punt returners are and you blow all your free agent bucks on it, yeah. the ones who fix them are... I mean, that's what happened to me. I just scoured for who all, all the over the first week or those, two. Like, those drafts are also super fun, like the rookie drafts, because you're like, you're, you're trying to project if there's going to be a rookie kick returner that you're going to be able to like latch onto. 